Welcome to On Air with Amber Wynn, where nonprofit leaders learn to fuse passion and commitment with proven business strategies to create long-term funding, impact, and sustainability. And now, here's your host and resident philanthropreneur, Amber Wynn. Welcome, fam. It's Amber. That's right, your resident philanthropeneur. In today's session, I'm so excited because I get to talk to so many amazing founders and executive directors, and over and over, I see the same thing. And so today, we're going to talk about the five myths that derail nonprofits. But before we jump into all of that, I just want to welcome those for your first time being here. This podcast is for all things nonprofit, but in particular, in support of nonprofit founders and executive directors. And I am your girl, Amber Wynn, philanthropeneur, and I leverage my 30 years of nonprofit experience to support the most amazing people in the world. And that would be you, my nonprofit founders and executive directors. In particular, I provide nonprofits with a roadmap for long-term funding and sustainability. And so as I mentioned, as I opened Today, we're going to talk about the five myths that derail nonprofits. Last episode, we talked about the nonprofit success path. And the nonprofit success path is important for any founder, any person thinking about starting a nonprofit, or even if you're already in the nonprofit sector. If you can stage yourself, there's seven stages, zero all the way up to seven. If you can stage yourself, you can cut out a lot of wasted time, energy, and money. So for the next couple of episodes, we'll be talking about the nonprofit success path. It's about your nonprofit journey. And right now we're in stage zero. Stage zero talks about if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit. And that's why we're going to talk about the five myths that derail nonprofits because a lot of people start nonprofits with erroneous information. And it just leads them down a path that's really, really difficult to self-correct self from. So um, we're going to pause for a second, hear from a sponsor, and then we're going to come back and jump right in to the five myths that derail nonprofits. For work and takes care of all your record keeping. Does your current record keeping system send you 90 day alerts to remind you that your key documents are about to expire and need to be renewed? Can you find contracts and procurement opportunities in seconds from any of the 50 United States so you can grow your business? Is your business organized so that you can tell which key documents are needed to efficiently run the business? How about woman-owned, small business, or disadvantaged business enterprise certifications? Do you have a checklist of all the key documents you need to become certified? Does your current system allow you to conduct market research from multiple sources and provide you industry and market data in seconds? Well, Small Biz Pro does all of that and more. Small Biz Pro is the number one business management, compliance, procurement assistance, and market research assistance tool on the market today. Download the app now and you will be amazed. It's like having three additional employees working for you, but you don't have to pay them. What are you waiting for? Welcome back to On Air with Amber Wynn, Philanthropeneur. Today we are talking about the nonprofit success path, in particular, stage zero, if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit. So specifically, I want to share with you the five myths that derail nonprofit uh, organizations. 
over and over and over again, I have well-meaning, well-intentioned, amazing people starting nonprofits, mostly starting them off of bad information. So today we're going to tackle the top five. The first one being a nonprofit can survive off of grants alone. What typically happens is that someone's doing some amazing work in the community and someone will invariably say, you should turn this into a nonprofit so you can get grants. And there you go. And then the person starts off on this long winding road of trying to start a nonprofit so that they can get grants to fund their organization. Why is this a myth? Because a nonprofit cannot survive off of grants alone. And so if you think you're going to start an organization and you're going to, you know, pay for your car and pay for equipment and pay for a building and everything is going to be covered by grants, then you'll be setting yourself up and your organization up for failure. A nonprofit cannot survive off of grants alone. What's the formula? Well, grants should be a part of your fund development strategy, right? You should absolutely apply for grants, but it takes between six to 12 months to get uh, a grant funded. And that's no guarantee that you'll even get it. And we'll talk about that in a whole nother episode. But what you should realize is that grants should probably only be about 35% of your fund development strategy. So you still have, you know, the other um, 75% that you need to fund. So myth number one, a nonprofit can survive off of grants alone. It cannot. It should be a part of your fund development strategy you should have somewhere between five to eight funding streams to keep your nonprofit afloat and to be able to meet the needs of not only your organization, but your community. Five to eight funding streams. All right, myth number two, a nonprofit organization qualifies for grants as soon as it is incorporated. That is the number one myth that really um, sends nonprofits into a tailspin. Just because, you, just because you've got your 501c3 tax-exempt status does not mean you automatically qualify for grants. It means that you're eligible, meaning you're more than happy um, to, to apply for the grant because the requirement is that you are a 501c3 tax-exempt organization. But it doesn't mean that you'll qualify. And I think this is a huge missing that a lot of founders um, just don't understand. You're, you're probably not going to be the first nonprofit doing what you're doing, right? There are very few firsts in the nonprofit sector. The reality is if we never started another nonprofit, we would be okay. Um, but because you haven't, that means that there are other people in, in, in your line of work that's been doing it, that already have a track record that can demonstrate impact. And so you're jumping into that pool and you're competing against other nonprofits. So a funder is looking for somebody who, or an organization that they can almost guarantee is gonna give them a return on their investment. Meaning, if they give them this $250,000, they know that they're gonna get something in return. And when you're a brand new nonprofit, that's generally not likely. But more importantly, a funder, <clears throat> excuse me, a funder can't determine that. And so, when you have a track record and you have financial statements, that's something that can almost say to a, a funder, okay, I've done this before. Here's my track record. Here's why you should trust me. So it's important to understand that just because you qualify for um, grants with your 501c3 tax exempt status, that you don't go in thinking you're going to automatically get grants. Honestly, it typically takes between one to two years for a nonprofit to really qualify for a grant. 
And that's because of all of the the competition out there and the restrictions from a nonprofit organization. Can you get a grant coming out the door? Absolutely. If you have an amazing grant writer, you have an amazing board, that's not to say that it doesn't happen. I've, I've written plenty of grants, so where it happens. But nine times out of 10, when you start, you don't have the money for a grant writer. You're writing the grants yourself. You don't know what the buzzwords are. So it's just a lot that goes into writing a grant. But it is by far the number one misconception about the nonprofit sector, that as soon as you get your 501c3, the first thing they'll say is, I got my 501c3, how do I get a grant? And we're gonna talk about what you should be saying. It's not, sh it's not how do I get a grant, but how do I fund my nonprofit organization? Myth number three, you can pay a grant writer from the grant after it's awarded. This is probably almost up there with, you know, you incorporate and then you think you can get a grant. People believe that you can pay a grant writer after the grant has been awarded. And that is one of the biggest myths that really derails a nonprofit because they come in with no money and they're thinking, oh, we'll just take some of the grant that you wrote and won and we'll be straight. I don't care. I mean, it's not like I had money in the first place. The reality is that is illegal. That is that action, you giving a grant writer money after the grant has been funded could be construed as mismanagement of funds. And I want everyone, everyone, everyone to listen to what I'm saying because I get this all the time. Oh, can you write me a grant? And when I ask them, well, do you have a budget? Well, no, I was gonna give you a percentage of whatever you won. And I tell them up front, that's illegal because your funder is giving you money for the program not for services that have been rendered prior to the grant being awarded. So if the funding period is August through July, they're not gonna pay for services that were rendered somewhere in January. Those are your responsibilities as a business. You are responsible for paying your grant writer. The funder is not. And so if they find out, and would they find out, I, I, Probably not, but the reality is if they find out, then that would be construed as mismanagement of funds. So I'm going to state it plainly. If you can't afford to pay for your grant writer, then you need to do what you need to do to save the money to do that because paying them out of an awarded grant is illegal. All right, so that's myth number three. Myth number four, you can get funding without an infrastructure. My people try and try, they try to get around it, they try to go up, they try to go down. If you have no infrastructure, it is going to be extremely difficult, dare I say, impossible for you to <laughs> get funding. Why do I say that? And what do I mean by infrastructure? I mean, you need to have a bank account. I mean, you need to have um, a, a tracking system. One of our sponsors, you know, Small Biz Pro, they help you to create your tracking systems so that when you're ready to actually submit for a grant, you have all the documentation that you need. But if you don't have an accounting system that's tracking the money that's coming in and the money that's going out, then it's gonna be virtually impossible for you to provide your funders with financial statements. So financial statements are gonna always be requested from your funder because as I stated before, they wanna know, they wanna have proof that you can manage your money. Now, someone may say, well, I don't have any money coming in, so why do I need, you know, financial statements? If you have people even volunteering, um, 
and giving you money, donating. You have money coming in. It may not be a grant or it may not be anything huge, but you have money coming in. So that means then that you should have a system that tracks that, right? Money coming, Money's coming in and money's going out. So you have to have an infrastructure in order for you to qualify for funds. It's, it just is what it is. But it's almost the number one reason why nonprofits fail to get consistent funding because they can't give the funder what they need in order to qualify for the grant. All right. And so myth number five, you can be, be both the executive director and the board president. This is huge because people conflate the for-profit world with the nonprofit world, and it creates a lot of issues. And from a funder's perspective, if you know and understand the nonprofit sector, that's one of the things that's gonna be a red flag. So people will put on their signature block all the time, executive director slash president. Well, that's a red flag from a funder because in the nonprofit sector, the executive director reports directly to the board. That means the board has the fiduciary responsibility, the legal responsibility of hiring and firing the executive director. So if you're both the executive director and the president, are you gonna, are you gonna fire yourself? The answer to that is no. And so from a funder's perspective, they need to know and understand that you know and understand what the rules are established by the IRS. So if you are both the executive director and the president, then that says that you're not really um, doing your due diligence. You're not following the laws. You're actually functioning illegally in terms of structure. If you are a for-profit in your corporation like Coca-Cola or something like that, and you have um, a president slash uh, CEO, that's perfectly fine for the for-profit sector. It's not a public charity. It's a corporation. It's publicly traded, and those titles are very common, right? But in the nonprofit sector, it's important that if you're the executive director, that you're not the president. And here's what happens. Um, people want to get paid. And so the position that receives a salary is the executive director. But as the executive director, you report to the president. So you're going to have to make that decision, right? The highest ranking person in a nonprofit is the president of the board. Because the president of the board actually manages the board. And then the executive director reports to the board. So the highest ranking person in the nonprofit organization is the president. And that's typically if you've founded an organization where you want to sit. But the board also is a volunteer entity. So if you're looking to get paid, then you don't want to be the president. So you have decisions to make. But I'm sharing this information with you so that you can make an informed decision. But more importantly, so that you can make the right decision. Because being the executive director and the president is a red flag to funders. So quickly, let's just recap. What are the five myths that derail nonprofits? Number one is believing that a nonprofit can survive off of grants alone. The reality is you should have about five to eight funding streams. Number two, nonprofit qualifies for grants as soon as it is incorporated. Untrue. Usually takes about one to two years before you qualify because you have to build up um, you have to build up your organization so that you have success stories and you can demonstrate impact. Number three, you can pay a grant writer from the grant. 
That is a myth and untrue. You need to pay your grant writer up front. A grant writer should be viewed just like a, an accountant or a marketing person. You are paying them for services rendered. You are not paying them whether or not you get the grant. It takes between 20 to 100 hours to create a proposal. And so you need to pay your grant writer for the services they provided you, not whether or not you got the grant. And then number four, a nonprofit can get funding without an infrastructure. If you can't produce financial statements, if you can't demonstrate to a nonprofit funder that you can manage money, that you've had some success, that you have a governing board that knows what they're doing, that you have an entity that has been established according to IRS rules and regulations, then it's a high likelihood that you will not get funding. And the reason is, is because they have to report to the IRS. And so if they're funding nonprofit organizations that are, in, are not in alignment with IRS rules and regulations, then they're going to get in trouble. So there's a high likelihood that um, unless you're just getting cash and cash and cash, which you're not going to get major funders giving you cash, right? Um, you can't get funding without having the infrastructure that is required. And then finally, you can be both the executive director and president. You cannot hold both of those titles. You're going to be one or the other. So for those of us, for those of you just joining us, this is Amber Wynn, and you're on air with Amber Wynn Philanthropreneur, and we are going over stage zero of the nonprofit success path, and we're talking about the five myths that derail nonprofits. We're going to pause right now for um, a sponsor break, but we'll come back and we'll jump right into the question of the day. Starting a new career in a new sector with unfamiliar job titles and new jargon can lead to frustration and burnout. What if you had an easy way to get up to speed to learn the key elements of successful nonprofits and the critical steps we should all take to maximize our impact? Introducing the Nonprofit Essentials Certificate, three short interactive courses that cover three critical areas. What makes a nonprofit a nonprofit? How nonprofits raise money? And skills needed to build a thriving career in the nonprofit sector. Interactive exercises and actionable advice from nonprofit experts help bring clarity to key concepts. And the end of the course exam tests your knowledge so you can earn a certificate and badge. And then quickly put your new knowledge into practice. The best part? The Nonprofit Essentials Certificate is 100% free. Thousands of learners have already earned their certificate, making this our most popular set of courses in Nonprofit Ready. Register at nonprofitready.org and get ready to accelerate your impact and your career. Welcome back to On Air with Amber Wynn, Philanthropreneur. Today we're in stage zero of the nonprofit success path and we're talking about the five myths that can derail nonprofits. You know, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to share my knowledge and wealth of information. Um, and I'm everywhere. You can reach me um, on social media. My social media handles, I am on Facebook. Um, that's Amber Wynn Philanthropreneur. I'm also on Instagram at Amber Wynn Philanthropreneur. 
um, on Twitter, it's amberwin.net. And you can reach out to me on my website, which is www.amberwin.net. So if you have a question, if you are interested in resources, or you just want to check out what it is that I do, I am a nonprofit consultant and I've been in the industry for over 30 years. Check out my social media handles, um, leave me a question, check out the resources that I have available for you. So we're going to jump into Ask Amber. It is our question of the day, and it is a timely question because I'm sitting up here telling you um, if, if you don't qualify for grants, you're not going to get funded just because you just you know formed your organization. So the question of the day is, if I don't qualify for a grant right away, then how do I fund my nonprofit? Now, I'm just going to reiterate. And this is something that Amber will always say, so get used to it. A nonprofit organization is a business, and every business has business expenses. So if you don't qualify for grants, you need to take two steps back and put together an infrastructure where you can generate some funds until you qualify. So before you even do that, I would like for you to do a couple of things. One is focus on building up your reputation, right? Because this is a small community and when funders fund an organization and they have success, they talk to other funders. So you wanna always have a good reputation and the way that you do that is by creating an impact. If you're serving young kids and they're graduating, you that's an impact. You know, It's because of your intervention or prevention that these young students are graduating, so you can demonstrate impact. If you're serving seniors, you can say, okay, you know, um, we've served over 250 seniors for the life. That's an impact. So focus on what you do to improve your community. That's one. Number two, build your infrastructure. I can't express that enough. Make sure you have a bank account. A funder is not going to um, want to see statements from your personal account. They want to see a business account. They want to make sure that you have your own telephone number, not your cell phone number, but a business number, things that represent a viable business. Your board is extremely important. Focus on recruiting people who are seasoned board members that know what they're doing, not just your friends and people who love you. And then you are going to have to do some things to bring in money until you qualify for a grant. And that's things like having events and getting corporate sponsors and having board members who understand that their responsibility is to pay board dues. So um, one of the things that you can do as soon as you incorporate is have an event. Now, the challenge is going to be who's going to come to your event because they don't know what the impact that you're having. But let's just say your friends and family, they want to support you and you want to have an event. A lot of the times, um, my nonprofit founders just throw an event. You should have a funding goal and you should have a strategy. And that's going to make sure that your event is successful. Otherwise, you could be spending all of this money for tables and linens and AV and entertainment. And then after all of that said and done, you only netted $1,500. And that wasn't really worth your time or your effort or the people in your life who came out to support you. So today, I want to offer you, um, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that I created. It's called How to, um, how to Start Your Nonprofit 
um, 90 days or less calendar. And it helps you just to work out all of the things that you should have before you even get started. And it's free and literally 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's a calendar that helps you to build your infrastructure and it helps you to put things in place in order so that you're not spinning your wheels. So I'm going to provide that for you um, for free, how to start your nonprofit the right way in 90 days or less. And it's a calendar and it shows you step by step the things that you're supposed to do. And that's going to help position you to qualify for grant money faster but it's also gonna position you so that you can get other types of funding. All right, so we're gonna slow things down, wrap things up, and we're going to jump into the Mindset Minute. Now, when I first started doing this podcast, I told you that I wanted to do just a couple of minutes on the mindset, because what happens is people come in with their mindset on what a nonprofit is supposed to be, And that's not always the case. There are rules and regulations. And so if you can just shift your mindset nine times out of 10, you can get back on track and you can do the things that you need to do to be successful in your nonprofit. So this mindset minute is going to just have us pause and think, what's the real deal about grant writing? There's so much publicity out there. There used to be these infomercials out there with this man saying, get free money, you know, but that was just a a scam. He was making money off of those books. But what is the deal about grant money? Well, grants are not the end all for the nonprofit sector. As a matter of fact, as I stated, they should only be about 35% of your fund development strategy. Um, It takes between six to 12 months to get funding. And more importantly, if you're going to secure a grant writer, Depending on their level of expertise, it can cost anywhere between $1,200 to $4,500. So $1,200 being a foundation where it's like maybe 5 to 25 pages, up to $4,500 if it's a government grant, and depending on how difficult it is. As a seasoned grant writer myself, you're going to catch me somewhere between you know, $3,500 to $4,500. And if you want me to do the government grant, it's going to go up after that. So... Just go into being in the nonprofit sector, not expecting grants to be the end all to everything. Expect grants to be just a portion of what it is that you're doing in terms of, you know, funding. All right. So that's all I've got for you today. I want to thank you all for joining me here on On Air with Amber Wynn, Philanthropreneur. Remember, you can reach me on my social media Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and you can always check me out on my website at www.amberwin.net. And we'll talk to you next episode where we dive into the next topic, which is alternatives to starting a nonprofit. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Head over to www.amberwin.net slash podcast for the links and resources mentioned in today's podcast. See you next time.